Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First computer bug was a real moth. A guy put black vomit into his eyeballs for science? This and more on Surprisingly Brilliant, our new podcast from Seeker. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find Surprisingly Brilliant on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Rock, we're in stage one of stage one of the rollout. Wondering how it's going out there. Yeah, some folks, uh, I imagine, are excited and bursting at the seams to get out there and start visiting some retail stores. And I imagine uh, some others, um, not my wife, of course, because I believe she is out um, with a credit card in hand. I was going to uh, say credit card burning a hole in her purse. But I uh, imagine some other folks are still uh, tentatively uh, dipping their toe in the water a bit. Well, let's talk to our friend from Channel 9, WCPO 9 News, Tanya O'Rourke. And Tanya, I know you guys have people out in the street, and I've been seeing the, I saw the noon reports and whatnot, and I know you guys mm-hmm. are all over this thing. What are you guys seeing so far? I mean, I think so far, so good. You know what I'm seeing, though? It's inc- incredible, the difference on the road. Okay, so you guys are broadcasting from home, am I correct? I am oh, in yeah. the studio. Eddie is at home. Okay. So. All right, so, Rock, you might have noticed this, too. So, for the, I'm, like, basically the only person at WCPO. Um, and so, driving into work every day, I could have been going zigzags at 85 miles an hour, driving home, blah, blah, blah. The roads today were jammed. Yes. The highway packed. And I just think it's interesting. I've seen it progressively become busier and busier and busier. But, holy guacamole, it was like a normal day today. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm looking out on Gilbert Avenue right now from my little office, and it is like traffic going by, whereas I could have I could have sunbathed on the middle of Gilbert Avenue the last five weeks. I mean, no one was coming down this road. No one. No, and I, and I agree with you. I'm looking out the window right now on I-71, and, I mean, it's a night and day difference today versus, say, two weeks ago. I mean, two weeks ago, there was a day I drove home. I believe I counted – from here to Harrison, I think it was like 10 or 12 cars total. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It uh, was like, it was, I totally agree with you. It was insane. To, you felt so alone on the highway. It was weird, cool, but weird. Yeah. And now it's weird to see yeah. everyone back out again. Like, I feel like, hey, this is this is my road now. Why are you on? <laughs> right. Go back inside. Exactly. <laughs> Let's set up a toll booth. You're on my road. Yeah, uh, I, I usually can drive, like, all over, and no one's, you know, beeping at me to stay in my way. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. You know, but who's yeah. going to be bummed about all this are the, are the truckers. Because oh, I've yeah. noticed it. And they were having problems, obviously, getting food and stuff. But, geez, oh, man, they had to be 11 live when they could just go from point A to point B and not have to put up with us four-wheelers. Right. And, you know, because we are just the menace to society as far as they're concerned. <laughs> and I understand yep. why. Like, we weave in and out of them. We're just terrible. Um, but, you know, I will say, I was walking with my neighbor, Jean, today. And we were talking about stores being open. And I had this incredible, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't go to Nordstrom. Oh, my gosh. 
Like, it, it was just this incredible, overwhelming feeling of, like, wow, both, like, euphoria and kind of crazily, like, this is, you know, like something brand new had just happened. I don't know. It was really weird. I'm sure some people are very, very afraid, and I completely understand that, yes. and mm-hmm. I, I get it, and I know we're covering all el- angles of that. I mean, there are some stores that are saying, I'm not opening. There's this place called Fern, which is over in College Hill. It's just a plant shop, and they're like, we're not going to open. We'll do curbside pickup only, but we're not opening because we don't feel like we can. And so I get it, but I got to tell you, I was at Home Depot today with my mask on, picking up stuff for outside because the next few days are going to be nice. I was just so excited about the idea that I could go to the store. I think it's for me as a consumer, and let me tell you, I keep our economy humming. I was very excited about it. Yeah, I, I just got to say, my, my wife, it was like uh... – You've probably never seen the movie Commando, Tanya, but like toward the end when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets all like the battle vest on and laces the boots up and throws a knife in his sheath and you know puts the grenade launcher. That's what like what my wife was doing today. It was like she was going out to war, Jack, and it was ready to be on. So I imagine that's maybe a smaller uh, percentage of the population are going out, but uh, some others maybe uh, as the days move on will trickle in as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, again, just based on the amount of people out, with stores, retail open, you know, that puts so many people back to work. You add in restaurants on Friday, and it's it's going to feel a whole lot different. And, you know, now that the weather has changed, too, you just wonder, right. you know, is that part of it as well? Like, you know, the weather literally is dramatically going to change for the warmer over the next 24 hours. And so all of a sudden it's going to just feel like a totally different season in many, many ways to a lot of people. Well, and, well I think that's yeah. what's been getting everybody down is that the weather has given, you know, look, this is another one of those years, and we have them every once in a while, where we go from kind of winterish, springish to summer. Yeah. We really haven't July. had that much of a spring, right? I feel like this year we had a long, cool spring. Those blooms on trees were out for a long time. I know because I was walking every day, and I was like, wow, this is a lot. But I'm, I'm personally, now that we wanted to talk about weather, I'm, I'm a little ready to be not freezing every morning. I want to go outside and have a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go outside, have a cup of coffee, you know, and go to a store when they open. Right. I, I, miss, I miss society. I do. I know there's a fear, but I miss it. I miss people. I miss going places. I miss... I miss having brunch so badly, like going somewhere and someone else making me eggs. That sounds so good to me. There you go. Well, and what it's all going to come down to, guys, is it'll take 10 days, two weeks to really see the trend, right, of of, are the cases spiking, are deaths spiking. Now, for instance, I I crunched these numbers this morning. Georgia, which opened, they opened April 24th. So they've been kind of open for actually longer than 14 days. The current 14-day period from the 28th uh, to the 11th yesterday, the daily death rate was 18. The previous 14-day period, uh, which is April 14th to the 27th, the daily death rate was 32.9. So wow. it's actually doing the opposite of what people were thinking. Things are, you know, Death rates are kind of leveling off, which is a good sign. Hopefully Ohio will follow that same trend. Boy, that would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, Eddie, wouldn't it be so fantastic to feel like this thing, I know it's pipe dreaming, but that it's somehow going to go away and that we could go to a football game, whether that's high school or what a peewee in the fall. I just, I would love, I can't believe 
I'm excited for the Reds to come back and me not to go. Like, I just am so excited to hear <laughs> Reds on radio. You know what I mean? I just think that's going to be. So are we. On 700 I bet, WLW. I bet your bosses are. <laughs> you yeah, betcha. You're usually off in the middle of the summer. This is crazy. No, but, but Tanya, I mean, I am. Uh, I just got uh, an email from uh, Harrison Junior Baseball League last night, and um, or two nights ago, and they're going to try to do some sort of season potentially look there's a lot still up in the air but i was happy to at least see that they're open to it i know some other youth leagues i mean i just my god with how long we've been off with with no sports no real social interactions just even the potential of playing a five game uh uh, what's that thing they call like blast ball or something i don't pony Mm -hmm. ball whatever just have like five or six or eight games would be incredible i I would just love to see that that sort of thing happen hopefully it's safe enough to do that i'd be great i mean we i play pickleball with some neighbors some tennis and stuff and open the court i just want to play something i want to do something besides walk my dog i guess right so loving it Congrats are in order for our friend here, Rock. Uh, Tanya, the yeah. – uh, the you're going to be reeling in awards for that thing, the who thing. I don't know. I mean – For the I'll, 40th anniversary, and, and you just won a Murrow Award, for God's sake, for the podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And, I'm, I mean, I thank you very much, guys. I appreciate that. Um, i got to give a lot of props to Brian Neese, who put together that podcast and had never, ever done something like that. So <laughs> he's batting a thousand. But, um, you know, this, this was a team effort all the way across. I spoke to um, the manager of The Who today to tell him, and he, you know, he interestingly said, he's like, I want to thank you. Thank you for telling this story wow. for us. And I was like in tears. Am I kidding me? This was the greatest honor of my life. And he's like, no, it really has helped us so much. And um, so thank you guys. I, you know, I don't know about awards. I know what I, the state, our intent, my intention when I started this whole thing about a year ago was, you know, I just want to tell this story. I just feel like I need to tell this story. And, and maybe it'll make a difference for some of the folks who attended or survived that night or had lost people that night. And you know what? Um, if it did, that's great. But a Murrow, yeah. I mean, I've never won a Murrow. I mean, that's really awesome. <laughs> so, we'll see. All right. Well, uh, go uh, Well, go to uh, Nordy's tonight. <laughs> Buy yourself something nice to congratulate yourself. Oh, I will. Go home and that's a great idea. Sit, sit in your backyard and have yourself a glass of champagne after you get off work at midnight oh, or whenever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right, some Tanya. apple juice at seven or something like that. <laughs> All right, All right. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. Good stuff, Here's Tanya. Here. Thank you. Bye. There's uh, Tanya O'Rourke, Channel 9 News. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear her, man, just uh, like you were talking about your wife. She's charged up about getting back out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we got a minute. You want to see if we maybe take some calls here after uh, after the uh, the break here? Maybe folks are out yeah. and about or not. Uh, 513-749-7000, pound 700, AT&T, 1-800, the big one. Let us know if you're out and about, what are the streets and what do the stores look like. But now we check in with traffic with Rob. And, Rob, let me just start off by saying I saw on Facebook your post today. FWeilerHonda.com. Back with Eddie and Rocky taking some calls about being out and about today. Yeah, so right, we it. got a caller from from Savannah. Yeah, I guess his. Um, we got Greg here on the cell. Greg, you, your daughter is a nurse in Savannah, Georgia. Is that correct? 
That is correct, yeah. And uh, she is pretty convinced. She hasn't had an antibody test yet, but she's pretty convinced she had COVID-19 back in early March. So she's just been fearlessly working the COVID ward, and she volunteers for it all the time. And they have, in their two hospitals in Savannah, they have a total of 11 hospitalizations, and a few of those are from a nursing home where they won't let them go. They're, they're recovered, but they won't let them go back until they've had two negative tests. So they're just hanging out in the hospital until they're, they're definitely, definitely recovered, but they're so, fine. So, again, in all of Savannah, like the whole surrounding area, the main hospital there, they have a total of 11 COVID they, they have 11 hospitalizations, and she didn't tell me, but it, she said it was like three or four in, in ICU. So, um, but but you were talking earlier about Georgia opening up, and we we all everybody was telling us a couple weeks ago the sky was going to fall in on Georgia, and it just hasn't happened. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and let, let's hope that. But but that's what I can't understand is you see that. I mean, I, I pulled those numbers this morning, but then I, I even watched. About twenty minutes of of Georgia uh, news television, and it was it was nothing about that. It was about the cases are rising, the amount of cases are you know in in this state, Georgia, otherwise. Well, of course, the amount well, of cases the are cases rising are going as up. the testing and, and, increases. And can I say one more thing? Yeah. I, I listened to most of these these updates, and Andy Brashear. It sets up a straw man every day when he keeps saying the cases, number of cases are going up, going up. And he never talks about the, the relevant numbers, which are the number of hospitalizations, the number of people in ICU, and the number of, of deaths. I mean, he does, he does give those numbers, but he, he makes it sound like, like the cases are going up because the cases are going up. The cases are going up because the testing is going up, and we're testing more people, finding out more people have it. But the relevant numbers are how many people are going to the hospital. Yeah, how many, how many people, people are, dying? are dying? Correct, and and, and I, I agree with you. And, and Greg, thank you very much for the call and for that input there. I, I would love somebody to ask Dewine or Amy Acton or both at, at the next press conference. What is the daily percentage of testing we're doing on Ohioans today compared to a month ago and compared to two months ago? I imagine it's. I, I know it's drastically more, but that would right Ed? I mean, that would tell us a little bit more about. Well, the gravity yeah. of the situation, I feel. And I think it's about time that we we have that capability, right? To, Correct. To disperse these tests that we keep hearing about. Now they're finally getting dispersed. But, but if people don't realize that, okay, te- the amount of cases are going to go up inherently because we're testing more, that, that's just a natural result of one to the other. If you don't kind of comprehend that, you go, oh, my God, there's more and more, and we're starting to open up, but we're having all these new cases. Well, of course it's... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's going to happen because we're, we're testing more. But uh, I digress. Ed, since uh, stores are opening up, I got to get to a store because uh, I have a new uh, present I'm going to buy you. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Please. It is a new thing. is called the Trikini. Okay, so you know what a bikini is, right? Which is a two-piece thing. Well, this is a trikini. Often, yes. Well, get ready because this is a trikini, which is it has the bottoms, it has the top for your your chesticles, 
but then a matching mask that it just puts oh, the whole ensemble sake. together is called a trikini. <laughs> uh, some owner of uh, some place in Italy, Alexa Beachwear in Senegalia, has uh, made this thing, and of course, it's like the most popular thing ever. After lockdown, she and her family thought of the idea to lift their mood. Her daughters posted uh, the trikini on Facebook, and the, tr- uh, the trend, of course, soon went viral. And uh, so now you can have a matching face mask, Ed, when you're drinking your white claw like me down by the pool. Right. To the, to the you know what? You know what I want? What I want to get a, a glimpse of are the tan lines for somebody who wears that. Correct. That's not going to look good, man. It <laughs> look like a reverse clown of some nature, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exact, I got a good image there. A reverse cloud, yes. You're, you're, from your eyeballs down is going to be completely white and then sunburnt uh, like, a, like a mask or something. Exactly. Uh, and, well, Rock, in uh, other news, we talked about this last week, and I just wanted to get to it right quick and touch on it. It looks like Mike Tyson is coming back. Did you see this? I, I he saw He has it. announced he's coming back. It's incredible, and he released a new video where, and I know it's a snippet of a video, and it's cut and edited, but he looks pretty good. He looks like he's still caught it a little bit, right? They're talking about, he's talking about doing it for uh, charity. You know, like the, the fights will raise money to help, to quote, help some homeless and drug-affected mother like me. <laughs> that means... But he's talking about fighting a rugby guy from New Zealand, um, and maybe or Tyson Fury's uh, dad has been mentioned. Wait, wait he's going to fight Tyson Fury or Tyson Fury's dad? It says his father. <laughs> and uh, maybe Evander Holyfield. Now, uh, we talked about that. I want, that's the reason I wanted to touch on it, because you and I talked about Holyfield v. Tyson. I can't even imagine how much. If they're doing it for charity, good Lord. Trying to imagine how much money that would do, but but they could get. I mean, what, what would that come in? Thirty million a fighter for Tyson oh, Fury v Mike Tyson. Easily. As much as everyone, I think Fury would, would would beat him up because he's just obviously much younger and he's the champion champion in the world. But I'd pay for. I haven't paid for a fight since probably the last time Tyson fought Evander Holyfield, right? Right. What he I'd pay for this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no. at my buddy's house. I was like, everybody went, did he? What? <laughs> uh, well, quick note on that. That's not the one I, I got. Uh, but that one, I remember being sitting in the parking lot or the driveway of my, my buddy Brandon Smith's house. Calling, I called my dad. I'm like, so what's going on in the fight? He goes, well, it was actually pretty good till Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. I'm like, shut up, Dan. I only got a minute here. We're getting ready to go inside. What happened in the fight? He's like, no. He bit his ear off. And they stopped the fight. What? Uh, we, we go to the news. We got Mayor Cranley coming up, and now it is the news. News Radio 700 WLW. Well, Rock, we go international again. We cover the we cover the globe as far as COVID goes. And to uh, get the perspective from Italy. We go to a Voice of America reporter, Sabina Castelfranco. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, Sabina, it seems, uh, shoot, not even uh, maybe a month. Who knows? It's hard to follow time now. Maybe it was a month. Maybe it was two months. That Italy was ground zero for this type of thing. 
what has happened since those days when towns were closed and on and on? Well, since the lockdowns, uh, things have much improved here. Uh, today we've had uh, a number of dead, which is 172. And I'm talking to you when Italy has reached now nearly 31,000 dead. That's a third in the world after the United States and Britain. So it's been a tough time, a tough two months here. Um, the lockdown began uh, in the first week. Uh, in the first 10 days uh, of March, so it has been uh, two months. Um, but now things are starting to uh, open up again. Certainly, we're still not going to restaurants or to cafes. That's still not happening. Uh, but people are slowly, gradually going back to their workplaces. Obviously, uh, being very careful, everybody is wearing a mask when they leave their homes. Uh, most people are wearing gloves as well, and social distancing is very big across the country. People are very, very careful after those numbers uh, of dead here. Um, you know, nobody's taking any chances. And Sabina, as you mentioned, uh, you, you know, the deaths are starting to, to flatten out, uh, thankfully, after a long time. You guys got particularly ravaged. Uh, the death rate was 511 per million for Italy. USA was about half that, 250 per million. Um, you mentioned folks are starting to go back. Did they, you know, here in America, they're starting to open things up in phases. Like today here in Ohio, it's retail is going to open up. And then later in the week, some outside restaurants and then indoor restaurants next week. And then eventually daycare. Is that, is it gone in a sequence like that? Or have they just kind of opened everything up at, at once? No, no, no. It's gone in a sequence just uh, in the same way as Ohio. And as I say, the, the restaurants and cafes here are still closed as our hairdressers. I don't mm. think we're going to see them open up again uh, before uh, next week, but it will depend on region by region. Uh, in much the same way that in the United States, you know, every uh, state decides what it's doing. Um, so, But slowly things are getting much better. People are starting to go out. I mean, here... There's a lot of people who are still very scared, uh, but certainly, as you say, the curve has flattened significantly, um, although people are concerned that there could be, you know, return waves of uh, mm -hmm. coronavirus, maybe not in the summer, but certainly after the summer. Well, we're talking to Sabina Castelfranco. And, Sabino, uh, as far as Rome goes, we all know that that's a giant tourist destination. Are, are people a little frightened by that possibility of the summer, being overwhelmed with tourists well, I don't think, coming in from all over? I think, well, I don't think we're going to be seeing tourists uh, in Italy for quite some time. Um, oh. First of all, uh, you know, we obviously, the tourism industry in this country is massive, huge. Uh, so the losses in that uh, sector are going to be uh, masses. It's going to be, the, the impact is going to be tremendous. Um, we have cities like Venice, which I recently visited. Uh, I didn't see a single foreign uh, tourist there, obviously. Uh, you know, cities like Florence, you know, islands like Sicily, uh, Rome, the Vatican Museums are still closed, but they're going to be opening up uh, probably next week. At least the museums are. But we're not going to be seeing anybody in stadiums. You know how important soccer is in this country? Oh, yeah. oh, um, that, that possibility is, uh, I, I think, uh, 
still uh, far away and a dream for many Italians. Um, and certainly no one's going back to uh, the cinema, the theater, or the opera house. Uh, it looks like the summer opera is going to be held at least in Rome, in, in one of uh, Rome's uh, largest parks, uh, in an outside space which will be able to uh, house 1,000 people at the same time, but obviously socially distant. Sabina, here in America, it's it's very it's very interesting. We're a, a wild bunch here. We it's kind of like there's two camps of people right now forming. Fifty percent, I'd estimate, of the population, you know, b- believes the news and believes that this is coming, believes the numbers that are out there, and believes that the government and what they say in terms of shutting things down was the best thing. And now there's kind of another camp, fifty percent, I'd say, of folks that are saying. We don't trust what the government's saying. We want to reopen anyway. We want to reopen sooner than the government is telling us we're allowed to. Just give us an indication of what it's like in Italy. What What is the average Italian's trust of the government and of the media over there? Well, I think people here have seen that the lockdowns have made a huge difference. So I think uh, most of the country, uh, really a, a very high percentage, believes that what was done in this country was the right thing to do. Because when the lockdowns took place, uh, things started to change. Um, and so I think that everybody here really believes that was the right thing to do. Um, the, the places that, uh, you know, haven't reopened, as I said, are restaurants and cafes and hairdressers mainly. Um, and also all the, the manufacturing companies and other industries, they have slowly, gradually started reopening, but taking a lot of safety measures. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people here who got the virus. And so uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, media reporting um, about what effects this virus was having. So I think really the majority of the country uh, believes that what was done was the only way to go uh, at least for the time being, uh, because we don't have a vaccine and people need to be educated. What happened was, of course, um, a lot of the infections, particularly in the north of Italy, and a lot of the deaths occurred uh, following uh, infections in the hospitals when people very early on, health workers, doctors, nurses, were not well equipped to deal uh, with this virus, they just didn't have the necessary equipment, and this caused a huge spread uh, within the hospital population. Mm. So let me ask you one final question here, Sabina, and, there, and there's been some reporting, and, you know, you don't know if it's just yeah, exaggeration or whatnot, but uh, some uh, stories I've read that the uh, mafia has stepped into the fray and has kind of taken advantage of the situation. Have you heard anything of that nature? Oh, yes. I think that that's very possible, particularly at the beginning when people didn't have anything to eat. Um, there's also this whole issue that, you know, there's, we have a lot of migrants in this country who uh, work in the fields and, you know, to pick up vegetables, to pick up fruit um, and, you know, the various crops. And those risk rotting if these migrants are not legalized. And now there's a whole debate in this country that some 560,000 or more migrants need to be given uh, residency papers. And also, in this Mm. way, if uh, we're aware of who they are, uh, they can also be uh, given um, any health needs 
because, you know, um, a lot of these people just don't know where to go, and they could be fueling uh, this uh, virus uh, if they get it, if they don't get the right attention. Uh, but certainly the mafia uh, has speculated and has uh, and could even further use these migrants if something is not done about this. So what is the average Italian citizen saying about what needs to be done with, with the migrants? Should, is, are people saying we should help them, or are people saying let's help uh, the Italian citizenry first? Where, where's that kind of following? Well, we can help the Italian citizens first, but Italian citizens don't want to do the work that the migrants are doing. I think where Italians stand in this uh, subject is certainly 50-50. There are those who feel that, you know, we need to do something about these migrants, particularly the uh, center-left wing, and there are those on the right who feel that, you know, we can't be worrying about migrants. We need to worry about Italians first. Mm -hmm. All right, with that, Sabina, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for talking to us. We'd love to talk to you again. My pleasure, and any time. It was great. Thank you. Sabina Castelfranco from The Voice of America. And, uh, Rock, that's uh, it's fascinating to get a glimpse into what, you know, we see little, you see snippets here Correct. and there. But to talk to boots on the ground there is that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, and also just to get the not just the the numbers and what's going on, but just the perspectives of of people, right? Because it's right. you know I'd say a bit different than than Americans, but uh, but equally equally important. But yeah, I mean they got hit hard, largely because I mean they're the number one uh, elderly population in in all of Europe. So I mean that was just like just breeding ground for this thing early on. But uh, sounds like they're doing much better, which is great. All right, we'll check in with traffic now. Rob, what's going on? From the UC Health Traffic Center, virtual visits are a ton. Back with Eddie and Rob. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Rock, yesterday we talked about it being... Eat whatever you want, Dave. Remember that? I was right. talking about fried chicken. You were talking about everything. <laughs> right, right. Well, a new, uh, I saw an article. People are having airline food delivered to their home. What? <laughs> Check it out, man. Fewer people are flying, and uh, so they're stuck at home. So they're looking for the airplane experience that they miss the uh, the food so much and the snacks and stuff. The uh, one of the main uh, suppliers, purveyors, has sold more than forty thousand snack trays. What? Now, hey, you know when I fly, I like those little cookie things they give you. I, I mean, I don't crave it. No, <laughs> I, I was going to say I, I like the free drinks if I happen to get one on a plane. There you go. Not <laughs> not so not... much the the food. Not terrible, but I'm not craving it. Well, yeah, you get a bag of stale pretzels or something. Those little, like I said, those uh, graham crackery things. I'm good with that, but 
what are you, are they ordering sandwiches or something? What the hell are they getting? I mean, look, it comes down to price. And look, credit the airline industry for trying to turn a negative into a positive, right? They're trying to outsource some of the stuff and recoup some, some money. And look, maybe if it's, you know, decently priced, you would do it. But I, I can't see paying, like, strong money for it. <laughs> I can't see paying any money for it, okay, but, well. you know, I'll go to the store and buy myself some crackers. <laughs> this is just, uh, I don't know, that just struck me as funny. No, it, no, it's very funny. I'm just, yeah, I, I guess I'm more where you are. I'm, I don't know, no matter what the price is, probably not going to sign up for that anytime soon. <laughs> and, you know, while... Uh, most of us sit around trying to not gain 50 pounds during all this and not going out. A kid in Brazil, did you see this, the skateboard kid? I did not. He, uh, he's 11 years old, so he's off school. So he's been, he used to take, he always took stuff to his grandma's house who lived down the street. So he would ride his skateboard over there, and obviously the kid was into it anyways. So uh, during his downtime, he was practicing, practicing. So uh, he thought, well, okay, I'm going to go to the uh, skateboard park. He did, for the first time in skateboard history, a 1080-degree turn on a vertical ramp. And he's how old? He's 11. Jeez. So in other words, the previous record uh, was set by Tony Hawk, it was he did a 900 this kid does another full like half revolution three full turns on a ramp on a skateboard and he's 11 wait so so a 1080 is is it never been done by anybody no and he not did documented wow yep. so well, i did one uh, a couple of summers ago you just weren't you didn't see it i just well, yeah. I mean, I I probably did it too, but I did it by accident. Correct. <laughs> I probably I probably did about a two thousand degree a few times, but God. nobody filmed it. Luckily, that, that, that's incredible, though. A young kid goes out there and does it. Good for him. Yeah, like I said, man. Eleven. That's what what caught my eye about. It. I'm like, wait a minute. Does that say eleven? Sure does. Yeah. So, all right, so again, that's what three and a half ish uh, times around, right? The three hundred sixty degrees times three. That's is about three. That. That's three full turns, right? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah three okay. full turns. Right, okay. Three so, full turns. I mean, dude, I would get dizzy doing that standing <laughs> on my feet. <laughs> this gets flying through the air. I, I guess maybe it's there's some sort of. Uh, coefficient of his size and weight being you know being 11 maybe he can do or i don't know maybe or that or when he gets older and stronger he can do a 12 36 or whatever i don't know (laughs) all right we got abc news coming up and now our news news radio 700 wlw Back with Eddie and Rocky checking in with abc news we have Catherine folders Catherine, welcome to the program Thanks for having me. So, Dr. Fauci did a uh, video teleconference today with some senators, I believe. What was the outcome? He did do a video teleconference with some senators, and that was part of this new way that they are having hearings. Uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci, uh, was testifying before the Senate panel uh, about the reopening of America and doing it 
safely. As you know, each state has their own plans, including your own, about how to reopen uh, in, in certain phases. Every, every state is different here. And really what we took away uh, from Fauci, what I took away from him, was he wasn't issuing this broad directive to the countries or to governors per se, but he was saying, look, Let's reopen safely. Uh, and one of my takeaways was he was asked point blank, do we have the, the coronavirus contained? Uh, and he essentially said we didn't. He says it depends on what you mean by containment, re- replying to Senator Elizabeth Warren. He said, if you think we have it completely under control, we don't. He told senators he thinks the country is moving in the right direction, but the right direction doesn't mean it's under control. Uh, a big portion of this uh, hearing, uh, this testimony as well, uh, focused on the the idea of testing. You heard uh, a lot of Republicans on this Senate panel, including the chairman of the committee, Lamar Alexander, who did praise uh, what the country has done so far with testing, but said it wasn't nearly enough. Senator Mitt Romney said the U.S. testing record is nothing to uh, celebrate whatsoever. Hey, Catherine, my, my issue with Fauci is... He often speaks over the last couple of months. It's, it's a lot of um, prognostications. This may happen or we think this could happen kind of thing. And even today, I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. I watched some in reading some of the transcripts. He's, you know, the consequences could be very serious. We could start to see little spikes, but he offers no real evidence as to why he thinks that. In Georgia, for instance, they opened up. Uh, about 14 days ago, and they've actually seen their amount of deaths level off. It's been done the opposite of seeing a spike. So I, I guess and I'm not trying to shoot the messenger. I'm just saying it's frustrating sometimes to me and a lot of folks. He speaks without giving a ton of evidence of why or what he's seeing. It's a lot of this could happen, this might happen kind of thing. And it's just hard to it's hard to really take a ton of credit to what he's saying. Sure, to your point, I guess on the one hand, uh, you could argue Fauci is is saying this could happen, this may happen, we don't know if this will happen. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, Fauci has made clear and other uh, health officials and, and administration officials that uh, a lot of times we, we don't know. We're studying this virus. Fauci says that his uh, that what he says is going to be based on what he's seeing as it uh, relates to the science, right? There's new studies out there. They're getting new data in every day and analyzing it. And your point about Georgia, about Brian Kemp, that, uh, you know, some folks were critical when he was opening too soon, but the cases and deaths perhaps have gone down. Uh, Fauci did make clear when he was speaking to senators today, he said, look, we are going to have more cases. We're not going to have a vaccine, uh, you know, for another 12, maybe right. 16, 18 months. Uh, but at the same time, every state is different. Uh, we are seeing some cases go down, as you mentioned. Uh, and on the other hand, we're seeing some cases spike. Right. Now, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think we're mm-hmm. in agreement. I just w- would like to see a little more of if, – if he is getting new information, new studies, I think the American people would like to see – why he thinks this sort of way. I don't know. Maybe it's a little frustration, Catherine. He's, it's just <laughs> so much doom and gloom and this and that. And here in Ohio, for instance, the early predictions of the numbers and deaths and cases are drastically lower now than what they were predicted to be. You know what I mean? So you see these sort of things around here, and then you get a doctor on there saying how terrible it is when, I'm look, New York. Right. New Jersey, lots of places where there's yes, they cannot even think about opening up. But some places can. I wish we would 
we would get a little more evidence of why that may be the best place to best action to take and and why he thinks certain ways. Right. And I, and I don't think Fauci is saying that places can't open up the, the, the task force that he, that he's a part of has, as you've seen issued guidance to uh, America about the, the stages of uh, reopening um, from the white house uh, coronavirus task force. But you know what Fauci has said and is that the, the death rate, unfortunately uh, will increase i understand you know the frustration perhaps that we just don't know at the same time the president has uh also you know revised his predictions of what he thinks will will be happening down the road as as the president is getting new information from his advisors as well correct with that Catherine falders we'll let you go thanks so much thank you thanks Catherine. Catherine from abc news I mean, do, do you so, feel yeah. me on that, Ed? I mean, I mean, here's a guy. I, mean, no, I know a, what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. This guy on April 1st said there's going to be 240,000 deaths in America. Now, look, I mean, it, it could get there. But, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say it's not trending that way now. There's 80, which is horrible. And, and who knows exactly even what the real numbers are anyway. But the, the amount of testing is is in, increasing. In Ohio, for instance, let me, let me pull it up because I spent, you know, some of the Break there, looking this up. So right now, currently, there has been uh, 5,568 tests in Ohio. A month ago, there was about uh, just about a third of that, 2,000. A month before that, on March 12th, there was 44. So from two months ago, from 44 to now five, almost you know 5,600. That's a, you know not maybe not the best, but I mean it's going in the right direction. We are rapidly in, in, seeing increases in tests, and that's a good thing. Which is also why we're seeing the amount of cases go up because we're getting more testing. Well, we definitely need to get that testing uh, situation taken care of. Correct, because we're nowhere near where we need to be. So, Rock, you know, we were talking earlier about the kid who learned how to, well, didn't learn how to skateboard. He obviously was a skateboarder before, but who uh, applied himself an 11 year old kid and he did a three revolution thing off of a ramp. <laughs> right. Which <laughs> apparently is a giant deal in the skateboard world. Right, right. Well, another guy decided he was going to, he's a kayaker, right? Yeah. Okay, so this guy, he's going to, like, well, I got all this free time. I'm going to, to kayak the length of the Mississippi, the Come mighty on. Mississippi. How about that, huh? That's pretty good. How how long am I? Uh, I know I learned this at some point, but uh, what is the uh, length of the Mississippi? I couldn't tell you, but I will tell you this. So this guy sets out uh, and, and didn't uh, didn't list his name, probably because the guy didn't want anybody to know his name. So he uh, starts, obviously, in northern uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he was heading down to the Gulf of Mexico. He was like, all the, I'm going to the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> going all the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, his, he tipped over in northern Minnesota. <laughs> in- Wait, did you make it out of Minnesota? <laughs> oh, he didn't even make it out from the beginning. <laughs> By the way, I looked it up. This is a 2,320-mile journey, and he's like on mile two right now, it sounds like. Right. He, uh, it's, uh, I, I can't even say the name of this, uh, Lake Winnebagoshish. Sure. And uh, so I guess there was a little stormy thing going on in the lake. So he capsized. Well, the one thing he forgot to pack 
was a, a life vest. Oh, man, come on. So, so my boy goes down, and they yanked him out of the lake, and uh, yeah. So he didn't make it across that first lake I on mean, a 2,000-mile journey. <laughs> That's like this. There's one. I'll never forget this. I was a kid when it happened, and I, I forget the whole story, but this is like, you know, whatever the whatever the Winter Olympics were, like in 86 or 88 or whatever it was. And they had this great story about this this uh, this guy that had you know, overcome all these obstacles and he finally made it to the Olympics. And this is in a downhill slalom, right? And he goes, and it's like, you know, three, two, one, and he pushes off and goes down. His ski pops off, and he's done, like right there. Like this guy <laughs> had made it all the way to the Olympics. This poor guy, man. And he goes and comes right out of the starting gate, pushes off, and his ski flops off. And they're like, well, that's your that's your run. Sorry. Similar to this guy. <laughs> Terrible. Oops, there goes that rubber tree plant. <laughs> <laughs> God. Terrible for that guy. Oh, man. All right. We uh, check in now with traffic. Rob, uh, are we, we talked earlier to Tanya Rourke, and she said... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back with Eddie and Rocky. The uh, press conferences are getting smaller. We uh, headed the governor for that. We can only go, hope they'll uh, soon go, um, you know, every other day or every third day, and then no days. That'd be good. So, Rock, uh, you and I talked about this a while back when all this started. If they closed the liquor stores, there'd be real trouble. That's Armageddon okay. time, yeah. Okay. Well, apparently they did that in South Africa. They're in their seventh week of uh, lockdown. They closed all liquor stores. There's a prohibition on buying or selling any type of alcohol. So people have gone, uh, you know, crazy. <laughs> these, all these people are buying the, the uh, supermarkets there are sold out of pineapples as soon as they get them in because people take it and make their uh, own bootleg beer. Or whatever. It says tropical beer here. I don't know what you can do with that. Wait, so you take pineapples and, like, pineapple juice and make beer out of it? It says a tropical beer. I don't know. All right. I'll, uh, I'll try it, it twice. Let's you know, go. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> but these other guys got a better idea. They he broke into a mortuary and stole, uh, what was the figure here? I saw it. Uh, two, like, three gallons of embalming fluid. Uh, was that formaldehyde, right? Isn't that something like what they use? All it says is exhum- exhumation liquid that uh, is 97% proof. Really? But uh, the problem is, apparently, if you drink it, you die. <laughs> oh, there's that part, yes. There is that horror, you know, that slight side effect that if you drink this stuff, you'll die. But these people uh, took it, and the only pe- thing that people can figure is that they stole it for that reason. 
Yeah, I mean, that would, that would be it. So, yeah, folks are um, <laughs> on their, their wits end with this stuff, and they got to go where they can go, I guess. Well, would you break into a mortuary? No, <laughs> I, I you mean, roll home I, and I steal en- their I enjoy embalming a, fluid? I enjoy a bourbon or a beer or a White Claw as much as the next woman or sure. man, right? right. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, if I don't know if, I, if I'm that hard up where I would have to go uh, – Go go the uh, break into a uh, mortuary route. They great. are still looking for the perps who uh, accomplished five this. gallons of it. It's like three, yeah, but uh, oh. nonetheless, ninety-seven proof, dude. You can make some serious <laughs> moonshine like with that. Awful though, right? I, <laughs> I mean, can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. So anyway, how about this? There's a, a positive story. I actually had this from a couple of days ago. But a uh, 99-year-old World War II Marine veteran survives COVID-19. How about this? So uh, nice. Max DeWeese uh, survived World War II, and he can now also claim he survived the, uh, survived the coronavirus. Uh, he defeated it last week, and he was uh, ready to celebrate his victory. Um, 99 years old and didn't succumb to the virus. Oh, I was sick. There was no question about that, DeWeese said. I've gone through hell more than once, and this came almost as close um, he said, uh, quote, I am a warrior, not a worrier. And, uh, and I try not to worry about <laughs> things like that. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> well, hey, there's a reason you live to be a hundred some years old, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, that, and he's, he's probably got some very, very strong genes. No question about it. But uh, that's pretty cool. 99 year old guy made, made it through. So, you know, the uh, other thing everybody's been worried about, Rock, is the murder hornet. Oh, yeah. We we right? touched on that right at the beginning last week. So the uh, people out west, because they found four of them, have been panicking. They're setting up traps everywhere to catch these things, even though, again, there were four of them in Washington State. So people in, like, all up and down the west coast are putting out traps. So uh, this entomologist out there said millions and millions of innocent native insects are going to die as a result of this. We need honeybees. Correct. Honeybees are important. Yes, pollinate the flowers. Yeah, all that. Correct. So the uh, people are putting out traps, and they're catching these damn or They're not catching those. They're catching the bees. Folks in China, Korea, and Japan have lived uh, side by side with these hornets for hundreds of years. And nobody panicked. My colleagues in Japan, China, and Korea are rolling their eyes in disbelief of what kind of snowflakes we are. So <laughs> people are afraid of a non-existent insect, but they're killing all the stuff that really, really helps us. That's, I mean, that's the American way is pushed by the media. Now, I remember the stat uh, when we talked about this last week, it was 50 people a year out of what, seven and a half billion people in the world? 50 die right. of these things a year, and it's all mostly in, you know, whatever, Asia or East Africa, I believe. So, Well, you know as well as I do. As soon as somebody hears something like this, they're like, oh, my God, it's going to get me. And, they, you know, they are put their tinfoil hat on and go in their bunker. And that's what's amazing is, the I mean, just, the I mean, how, especially the media plays on the fears of people. You know what I mean? And it's just always, here's the next thing that's going to kill you. It just has everybody paralyzed, man. I guess it's good for business, but 
I don't know. I think there's just something something not right about it. Trying to keep America in a perpetual state of fear. It's not right. Well, all all media now is clickbait. Yeah. You know, hey, look, I'll admit we do that on this radio station sometime. We want to get you to listen. They want to get you to read their story. But stuff like this, it, it's scaring the hell out of people. We don't try to get. We don't try to scare people. We try to get them to listen to us because something good's coming up. <laughs> right. And I was like, "How to not die?" Coming up with Eddie and Rocky. Yeah, the next thing that's <laughs> going to kill you next. <laughs> oh man, let's uh, check traffic. Rob, what's going on, buddy? From the UC Health Traffic Center virtual visit. Back with Eddie and Rocky coming up here at the top of the hour. We got Lance as always. And as always, we're covering the behind the scenes. You don't even know what goes on here. We're talking about Madonna. <laughs> That's right. A little celebrity <laughs> smut to uh, end the show here. Um, so your girl Madonna is, look, she's the queen of pop and she is in a class all by herself. But she's going off the deep end a little bit. Ed. She's now 61, and she's now just recently posted a bunch of like you know lingerie type pictures and stuff. And there's rumors she's had it butt implants apparently after looking at recent pictures. And I, I am studying these pictures for show purposes only, of course. Of course, um, And and I agree with that. And I mean, it's so funny, man. I and again, she's 61 years old, and I read this great article about her a week or so ago. And, and this guy was basically making a case for she's, she's losing it, right? Like she, and, but, but, but the case he was making is think about it for, you know, what over 25 years, she was it. I mean, she, when she oh. walked into a room, everybody knew who she was. Everyone yep. wanted to talk to her. She was a goddess. And now she walks into a room and, People don't even know who she is. You know what I mean? Younger people are like, who's this? You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's seemingly having a, a catastrophic effect on her psyche right now. Well, you know, I I read not too long ago when she was out on tour for a little bit before all this stuff happened, and she started pulling the Axl Rose thing. And she wasn't coming out on stage. She was like delaying the show by like two, three hours or something. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. and coming, you know, you know if it's supposed to start at whatever, 9.30, 9 o'clock, she's showing up at midnight, whatever, and walking out there because she didn't feel right about it and all that stuff. Well, I don't feel right about paying for a ticket to watch you sit behind stage for three freaking hours while I sit out here and yeah. my $20 beer. Yeah, and it's Thursday, and I got to get my kids to bed and get up for work tomorrow. I ain't got time to go to a show till 2 a.m., right? Exactly. Yeah, man. It's um. I don't know. It's just one of those. Look, all of us go through it uh, to some degree of, you know, not wanting to, wanting to get old. But I, she's not taking it very well. I mean, she was doing these bizarre, you know, COVID nineteen videos where she's, you know, in this like bathtub of like milk or something and talking just talking a bunch of nonsense. It just was not. I saw that connecting very well. So anyway. Well, I mean, to your point though, I. Uh, I forget all but one of my boys I was talking to him, you know, they're twenty and eighteen. And I said something about, Oh, she's kinda like Madonna and they're like What do you mean by that? I was oh like, you know, Madonna amazing. and they're like, Oh yeah. yeah she was she was popular, right? And I was like, Yeah, don't know. I don't want to go into 
mean, she was. I mean, she's like like Beatles level of just world renowned oh, for fame, a while, for right? Sure. I mean, yep. certainly yep. Yep. it's. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to. It's just got to. I imagine. I, I just heard, or saw that uh, Cher is going back on tour. And what is she? Eighty? I mean, seriously, how would it? Pushing it for she sure. Look that well, up. She was supposed to come here. Yeah, she I was know. a couple of weeks ago. I think it was. And, and look, I'm sure it's a great show. But I, I thought of that when I heard that announcement. I, I imagine it's got to just feel like your whole life. People are, you know, share what can I get you and what kind of this and oh my god, you're getting ready to go out on show and people adoring you, and you know, you come off the road and you know you start to get older and you don't feel that anymore. No one's. Paying attention to you, and and they're in the business of you pay attention to me, and you do it now, right? And you pay money in one way or another oh. to do that, and now that's not coming in. It's, I guess you know for them it's just got to be like close to death. It's hard for them. You don't even have to tell them. They were like, "What can I get you? What can I get? let me right. light your cigarette? Let yeah. me get you a juice. Like let me this. get you a beer. Let me get you whatever you want." Yeah, here's how the lighting's going to work, and you're going to come out in this, and here's the outfit you're going to wear, and everyone's going to love yeah. it, and boom, 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 boom. And then you go home, and it's like, okay. You walk down the street, and <laughs> people don't know who you are. It's a, it's a tough right. one. So, so speaking of people who uh, you haven't heard from in a while, how about our boy Brian Adams? Yeah, he's getting a little, a little flack, undeservingly, in my opinion. <laughs> he's getting a little testy. A little testy. He's missing the touring money. Yeah, he's uh, sixty years old now, and he's come under fire for a post uh, he put on Instagram and Twitter, in which uh, I I haven't heard it yet, but I guess he's singing a song. He's uh, saying basically a thanks to some bad eating, wet market, animal selling, virus making, greedy. B words. The whole world now is on hold, and of course, stupid people are calling him a racist for it. When of course it did originate in China, and they were not uh, forthright with their information about how it was spread and all that. But nevertheless, he is uh, telling it like it is in his opinion, and he's getting a lot of flack for it. And of course, he's now come out and apologized after the Twitter mafia went after him. Oh really? Oh yeah. See, yeah. I didn't see that part. He claimed it later it was he was trying to advocate for veganism and that he quote loves all people unquote. Oh. Well, you know, it's a good thought there, Brian. Summer sixty nine such a good song though, right? Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey man, cuts like a knife is a great song. I mean, there, he had a ton of great music. He had some good ones. So. Uh, anyway, so he's getting... ever. Uh, have you been up to Canada and, and driving your car and listen to the radio there? I th- I think they still have this Canadian content rule. Did you ever hear about no, that? No, I've not heard about this. What is it? I don't know what the percentage was. And like I said, I don't know if they still have it or not. But uh, every radio station, you had to, if you were obviously a music station, you had to pay, play a certain percentage of Canadian content. Oh, okay. So, you know, by, I drove by, by up the way, that's that, by the way, that's, that's kind of like in the Canadian Football League, you have to have a certain amount of I forget the percentage. Right. It's it's over half, I believe, of Canadian-born people. Anyway, go ahead. That's this. And so I drove up through there a few times and to listen to the radio was funny because let me tell you something, how much <laughs> Brian Adams, Alanis Morissette, <laughs> and Rush, and Triumph, you can hear in a very short period of time. You're, 
You're caught up on Canadian rock music history in a real big hurry. You're right. One road trip and you got it all down, right? Right. If I hear you want to know one more time, (laughs) I'm going to kill somebody. Oh, I love it. And with that, we toss it to Lance after the news. Right now, News Radio 700 WLW. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.